morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning wherever you are. You are with the Double L team this morning, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Well, you know how yesterday we had David Haupt on the show? Yes. As we do regularly. Yes, and every he, week. And he was talking about like laziness. Yes. And how... Oh, oh and also we are talking about like the four-day work week. Yes. And how even if you're doing a four-day work week, you can go and spend time that you're not working, doing things and staying active and... Yes. Avoiding laziness. Well, basically like... I had all of, other than radio this morning, I had all of yesterday off, yesterday. And so you had a lazy day? No, I spent my time fixing people's cars and helping people ah, move in. yeah, there you go. Like, oh, See? It was like a full day, and I feel like it was really relaxing. It was good. Because you had, you went, you, you finished the day with a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, uh, well, like it started with my friend's fan belt broke in their car, so I went and got them a new fan belt, opened up, you know, the bonnet and chuck that on and fix that and it was all good. Ate some breakfast at their place and then I went and helped my other friend move into their new house. And dude, they ordered one of those like you know when you order a mattress like from a company and they send it to you shipped and they vacuum seal it. Oh yes, I've seen that. Yeah, and you, so there's basically like, you take it out of the box and you unroll it. It looks like a flat mat. You're uh-huh. like, how am I supposed to sleep on this? And then you get a knife and you like put a hole in the in the vacuum seal and the mattress just goes and expands and suddenly you've got a mattress there yeah it was epic but yeah you know help my friends and then went home and slept it was good good time good day good day Mm -hmm. well i'm super thankful this morning for random friends who turn up with a deck of cards Oh, that's the best. Yes, that is a big shout out to Diane and Clary this morning who turned up unexpectedly at our place last night and we just had the most amazing time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Positively different news this morning. Ooh, where should I start? You know, I love it when people come up with inventions that just seem so ridiculous and I'm like, how is that going to work? But they're claiming that it does and I'm like, good for them. Okay. Yeah, well, (laughs) check this out, check this out. Um, So, Researchers in Tokyo have done a bunch of experiments turning food waste, recycling food waste into construction materials. So they've essentially right. like rotten it, food. Well, bricks made of rotten food. Pretty much. They right. they grind it up into like a super fine powder. Like So they, this is actually this is actually important because a quarter of all food that is produced is wasted. Yeah, it's hundreds of billions of kilos a year. Yes. Like like we're talking about one of the 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 biggest like waste sources that we have in the world. Yes. Um. And basically, what they've done is they've gone through and they've dehydrated a bunch of different few, few uh, foods. So they're taking from it like its potential to you know spoil and everything. It's usually because mm-hmm. of the moisture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dehydrating them, mashing them up into a powder, and then turning them into bricks and stress testing them. Mm-hmm. Um. And essentially, they've found that pretty much all of them are uh, reach stress test targets except for i think they ground up like pumpkin waste and that just like didn't hit the mark um but they found that dude i'm just sort of wondering you know um how i make an insurance claim on my house after it gets eaten by rats <laughs> but this is the thing like <laughs> well, out of food. no but this is the point is like will it will they want to eat it if it's fully dehydrated like well maybe maybe this is a good thing because maybe if there is financial collapse i can eat my house yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this is the thing I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm facing starvation. It's like, well, let's just pull a brick off. But check, check it out. So, like, they vacuum it, like, vacuum dry it, pulverize, heat press, and all these things. And they've tried it with a bunch of different food. And they found that Chinese cabbage leaves in a stress test is three times stronger than concrete. No way! I know! This no is what way. I'm thinking. I'm like, are you serious, bro? Like... Okay, but think of the energy that's required to create that. Surely that's a lot more energy required to create concrete from cabbages than concrete from um, limestone. Yeah, but the point is, is that this is new technology. Yes, this is brand oh, yes. new. This is, this is this is like brand new technology. Yes, and it's like like any technology, you have the ability to research, refine, develop. And, it's a renewable resource. And it's a renewable resource. Like this Chinese is the cabbage is, is a renewable resource. Dude, they, they waste a lot of like, like... Bok choy? I'm pretty sure that's what they're referring to. And lots of people eat Chinese cabbage in oh, China. It's the best. And, I, I eat it here in Australia. And, and, Love and stuff. here in Australia. And the point is, is that like then it gets like there's a bunch of waste. There's always waste. And they have the ability to turn that waste into concrete bricks that are apparently three times stronger than concrete. One of the things that they did test, though, as well, to see that if the taste is still intact once it's ground up into the powder, and according to them, it kind of is. So you could technically eat your house, and that's where I'm like, okay, well, if it tastes good, how are just things not going to eat it i i don't see this as a, a a completely viable solution maybe if they sealed it off or something but i guess we it, it, we we will see we will see in the future if this becomes a thing okay i've got another quick story here about a uh, a uk college student who has essentially invented a device um that can within one minute like stop the bleeding and seal um stab wounds which is like a huge thing like he's coming from the uk knife crime in the uk is a massive problem it is because they don't you know they don't have firearms they don't have gun crime um but and i gotta tell you knives scare me more than guns at close range the, mm. I, yeah i'd take a bullet before a, a blade any day mm. and well because of the ability to just keep stabbing like well you've got that ability as well but the wound that is created by a knife is just really terrifying yeah yeah that's true you know, oh, it's not like if if you get shot with a nine mil like through the arm. Yeah, yeah. It's like and, you know, yeah. We probably shouldn't. <laughs> most of the most of the gun crime in the United States is uh, with pistols, and mm. pistols are incredibly weak firearms. Mm. You know, I would not. You know, the, the 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 two weapons that scare me the most are you know rifles and knives. Yeah, those are the those are the wounds you're not going to survive from. Yeah, and and the point is is like it, if you get stabbed. Like, because also the size of the insertion, like that most knives yes. are pretty big. You that's right. So it's, a much. Big, it's a big wound. It's And that's, the, like, the difference with, um, like, I think guns, it has that potential to, you know, a bullet can go through the head and you can immediately, because of it, it like, punctures an organ, you can die. And you also kind of have that with a knife, like, through the heart or something like but that. A bullet kills with trauma, whereas a knife kills with hemorrhage. Yes, and this is the point, is that, like, if you have such a big incision, you're hemorrhaging so much blood. Like so, this is something you can put in your pocket and it, just like no. So what they're trying it, to do, done. it looks like a drill. It looks oh, like what? a it looks like a drill almost. Like it, it, it looks like it's in the shape of a gun. And they they're like testing it already. And their plan is to give it to first responders so they can show up on show up on the scene. And what it instead of like because the usual response is you know you wrap a bandage around it, apply pressure, yes. try and cl- clot the blood. Um, but what this does is it, it does the same thing, but in a much like 
quicker way. It has this like silicon balloon that applies straight to the wound and has the ability to vacuum off that, like the wound and it immediately starts clotting. And within one minute, like the wound is sealed. Is sealed. That's an amazing invention. And so I can this, see a lot of lives being saved with that. This was made by a college student from the UK. His name's uh, Joseph uh, Joseph Bentley. And he's just like, you know, uh, studying biotechnology at the moment. And he's come up with this invention that, like, it, yes, it's in prototype stage. He's waiting for a patent at the moment. But it's something that could drastically improve the ability for first responders to actually help people suffering from knife crime. So I think it's an epic thing coming from a young person. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Wow, what's happening? So let's talk about Australian Christian Lobby this morning. Oh, okay. So I like these guys. Yeah. I've had them on the show numerous times. Uh, Martin Isles, Christian Broyer, um, you know, Various various guys from from ACL, mm. they do stand up in a lot of places where other people don't stand up. They just put out this really excellent uh, brochure for Victoria, and I'll just read you what the brochure says. It says a new law has just made sure that if your child tells you they are transgender, you are prohibited from encouraging them to wait until they are older before pursuing potentially irreversible therapies. In fact, it can send you to jail. The latest research shows that more than 80% of gender dysphoric children desist after puberty. But professional therapists are now prohibited from discouraging a minor from undergoing a gender transition and you could be criminally prosecuted for seeking a second opinion interstate. Mm. The government can now receive, investigate and prosecute prosecute complaints from any person. Your neighbour could dob you in for having the wrong conversation with your own kids. You can be jailed for 10 years. Mm. Okay, and the uh, Victorian Attorney General has come out and said that the brochure is wrong. What the Victorian Attorney General has not said is where the brochure is wrong because the brochure is not wrong, it's right. And so this is one of the reasons why I really support, you know, so much of what these guys do Mm. and, um, and, you know, will continue to do so. The one, the one thing that has kind of nagged in the back of my mind for a long time is that the Australian Christian Lobby is called the Australian Christian Lobby, whereas I believe in, that to really truly support religious liberty, we need an organisation which is the Australian Religious Lobby. lobby. Mm. Because I'm not about just preserving religious liberty for Christians. Yes. Religious liberty is for people of all faiths. And ACL has stood up for people of all faiths, but... You know, by being ACL, mm. their primary job, their, their their charter is to stand up for Christianity, mm. and and I get that, I get that. Uh, but just looking at an article here by Christian Broyer on uh, the upcoming South Australian elections, he makes comment on um, the deregulation of shop trading hours that's been proposed, uh, the liberal Liberal Party proposal. Um, was defeated in the upper house in 2018, but it was is it's supposed to come back in March 2022, and it states this in this 24-hour world of consumerism, allowing shops to open when it suits them on weekends and public holidays sh- would have helped level the playing field for those competing against online international retailers, allowing us to shop locally and support South Australians. How can we grow the economy if consumers can't support local traders when they're closed? And the argument basically is, you know, if the shops are closed, people are going to jump online on the weekends. Mm. 
And Christian Bro brings up some really good uh, points about the need for rest and how the Bible speaks of a need for rest, um, a day for worship, and a day for family time. Mm. And I totally support that. I think that is absolutely, you know, that's a biblical principle that is going to be good for society. Mm. And uh, he states here, we do not need more deregulation of shopping hours. Let's preserve Sunday as best we can as a day for worship, rest, and family time. Now, here's where I disagree, and it's a very small disagreement, but it's a very significant disagreement. Mm. We should not be choosing a day. Yeah. We should be enshrining in our legislation, in our constitution, a day of rest every seven days for every person in Australia. Mm. That they can choose to have that day of rest, and that's you know sacred to them. Nobody can touch that day of rest. You know we can never force a person to work a seven day, you know more than seven days without taking a day of rest. I think that would be excellent. That is a biblical principle. Um, it's going to be good for society. What we shouldn't. The moment that we choose a day, we are favouring a religion. Yes. Yes. And yes. as in standing for religious liberty, religious liberty means that secular government does not favour a particular. Religion, mm. and so while this is great for Christians in general, well, what about you know Seventh Day Adventists like you and I? Yeah. We worship on Saturday. How does that help you and I? It well, it doesn't. It actually discriminates against us mm-hmm. because uh, you know we don't have any constitutional legal right to be able to take Saturdays off as our day of worship, or Jewish people as well. Jewish people, then you know it extends to Friday with Islamic people. Islamic people on a Friday, yeah. So ultimately, this doesn't solve the problem. No, not at all. So what we need to be campaigning for is yes, we don't. Not, I agree, we should not be, you know, having more deregulation of shopping hours and those kind of things. We need to have enshrined within our law, within our legal system, time for rest, for worship, for family time, mm. for people to choose what they want to do on that particular day, and for people to choose the day that is going to work best for them. I get that for the majority of Australians, that's going to be Sunday, and I don't have a problem with that. Mm. But I want to be able to go and apply for a job and have protection for working on Saturday, and I want that the same for my Jewish friends, you know, Worldwide Church of God, whichever, you know, Sabbath-keeping group you might be a part of, and I want it for my Islamic friends who may want to keep Fridays off Mm. as their particular day of worship, or for, you know, whoever from whatever faith that wants to keep Tuesday. And the reality, and this is the thing, I'm like, why are we picking a day? Because it's not only just interrupting, um, you know, uh, religious uh, religious schedules, but as well, just like general schedules in general. Like, give people the, the ability to choose. Okay, so Danny Milenkov and I were having a discussion off air yesterday. He, of course, does the afternoon show mm. on Wednesdays. Absolute gun. Mm, 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 and mm. he pointed out to me something I hadn't considered before. And that was when Jesus was crucified, you had the right and the left united together. Mm. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Sadducees on the left and the Pharisees on the right, united together to crucify Jesus. Mm. And for the Sadducees, this was a political move. For the Pharisees, it was religious. Mm. And when you look at what's happening in our world at the moment, you have uh, on the left people who are concerned about the environment. Mm. On the right, you have people who are concerned about religion, and they both unite on Sunday. Mm. You know, Keeping that Sunday as a day of rest, a day of rest for the planet or a day of rest for worship, it's the same thing for either side. Mm. You kind of got both sides 
you know, coming together. And if you look at creation, what you're going to find is that in creation, there were three things that God blessed. He blessed the marriage and family. He blessed uh, the Sabbath and he blessed creation. Mm. And you look at those three issues and what you have is that on the left, you have support for the creation, mm. the environment. On the right, you have support for the family. And both of those issues are being used to push the issue of Sunday, mm. which is, well, it's not a solution for everybody on this planet. And mm. we should find a solution for everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. We're continuing on with the show in the Encounter with God section where we get people in to interview them about all kinds of things. And today I have sitting across from me, uh, Jacinta and Jenny. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, welcome. So um, I I am so stoked that you guys are here. Obviously, I know both of you personally from my church. Shout out the Newcastle Uni Church. Um, you know, I, I thought, I thought, oh man, if, if I get to do radio, uh, I get to have an awesome platform where I can promote promote my church. And so I'm doing that by inviting people in to come and tell their stories. So uh, we're going to get into today. The reason I've got both of you here is because we're basically going to be telling uh, Jenny your story of how you became a Christian here in Australia. So let's uh, just start by asking some questions. Jenny, where are you from? I'm from Vietnam. V- you're from Vietnam. Yes. Okay. Wh- which area in Vietnam? Um, it's from the south. South, South yeah, Vietnam. South Vietnam, near mm. Ho Chi Minh City. Oh, wow. Okay, near Ho Chi Minh. Wow, that's amazing. I think I've flown through Ho Chi Minh before. Oh. Amazing place. All right, so near Ho Chi Minh City. and uh, But you're here in Australia now. What age did you come over to Australia? Uh, I think it's about 18. 18? How long ago was that? Like in 27, the end of 2017. Okay. Like near August. Okay, so you've come to Australia at the end of 2017. Why did you come to Australia? To study. I mm. just finished my high school in Singapore and, well, I, mm. and then I come here. Awesome, awesome. So what, what's been your degree? What has your, been your area of study while you've been here in Australia? I study biotechnology. Mm. Yeah. And I believe you actually just recently finished up your degree last last yes, year. Yes, finished last year. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. So you have come from Vietnam to Australia. And I just want to ask, like, what is, is there any, uh, does your family uh, back in Vietnam, do they have any faith background? Are they, are they Christians? Are they something else? Well, my mother is a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because it's, well, her whole family is Buddhist and mm-hmm. my father, he's well, the rest is not really Buddhist, but I just go along with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cultural kind of religion, yeah. this kind of thing. Wow, okay. So, but you've come to Australia, and obviously, so uh, would you call at that time, what if you said you're a Buddhist or maybe a cultural Buddhist, something like that? Well, at that time, I just call myself Buddhist because girl, I'm the closest to my mother. Mm. So, yes, I practice a lot of Buddhist. With my mother. Mm, awesome, awesome. So you've now then come to Australia um, and you've started studying. I'd love to ask, when was the first time that you got in contact with the church? Uh, you know, with, with uh, yeah, well, I guess you could say the ASOC group, the Adventist Students on Campus group oh. in Newcastle. Well, is, is it for the ASOC 
church then yeah the first i met is the in at in in 2020s i met jacinta on campus mm. just for coincidence well or maybe not because maybe <laughs> god can bring her there mm. and Well, I just sitting on my ca- on campus and checking over my schedule for next week. What I'm going to study and mm. thinking how going to prepare for the study when she came over and just do a survey and then ask, "Do you want a Bible study?" Yeah, wow. So you're just sitting there on campus and Jacinta is just like, "Oh, hey, do you want to study the Bible with me?" Yes, pretty much. Oh, oh, that is amazing. All right. I want to just uh, so let's leave that story there. We're going to change the perspective now. We've got Jacinta sitting across from me. Let's get some background from you, Jacinta. So you are studying at the uni. So when did you start studying there? So I started studying at the start of last year. Okay, start of last year, start of 2020, you've started studying at the uni. And um so you started studying at the uni and what what was your background before that? I think you know what was your your faith and what you've done yeah, up so until I that point. Yeah, I grew up a Christian, um mm-hmm. but not Adventist, but um when I was 14 my family became Adventist and mm. then um yeah, I went to a rise in 2019. Mm. And so that was what brought me from Queensland to New South Wales to Newcastle. Mm. And um while doing that was when I was working the church and working on campus um, um which was when i met jenny yeah. oh amazing so so you've kind of already got this background of you're a christian and then adventist yeah. and then you've done lots of like you know bible working church work I, i assume you know doing surveys with people knocking on doors that kind of thing <laughs> giving bible studies um but then you've become a student in 2020 in newcastle yeah yeah And, but then at that time as well when you guys met so you're you've kind of moved out of full-time bible working but you're still like helping out with that yeah definitely so that was why i decided to come back to newcastle to study was because then i could be with the same church that i was working mm. for and continue helping with the bible study groups and mm. um continue studying with jenny and mm. um, yeah helping out with church yeah epic so okay so this this is you you're Come back to Newcastle. You're studying a degree. What are you studying at the moment, by the way? Occupational therapy. Okay, so you're an OT. Yeah. Smashing out. That's awesome, awesome. And so you've met Jenny on campus. You've run into each other. And Jacinta, she's just out there doing the rounds. Hey, do you want to study the Bible with me? And Jenny, what was your response to that? Well, our curiosity, I guess I say yes. <laughs> well, I would love to know, like, did you have any experience with Christians up until that point? Actually, I have a lot. Oh wow. Okay. Before that, um well my family even though they're Buddhist, but most of them really fond of Christianity. Mm. Yeah, because they think that the Christian people are really honest and good people. So mm. yeah, they like they like them. Some of the some of the family member married into is actually Christian. Mm. And when I go to Singapore for high school, two of my friends are actually Christian. Mm. One of them well She is not, but she she like the church atmosphere, so she pulled me along to the church quite a lot. Mm. Yeah. So you had already you'd like come from a Buddhist family, but you'd had some experience with Christianity. Yes. But now someone was giving you the opportunity to study the Bible. Yes. And you were like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, because well, when she my friend pulled me to the church, well, there's a pre. Uh, someone is preaching and I have no idea what he's talking about. 
<laughs> and so now you're like, oh, well, you know, I've heard of this stuff before, but now I have the opportunity to kind of really learn it, really know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you you take it. So you start studying the Bible with Jacinta. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So it starts with Bible studies, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I'd love to know, Jenny, what was your perspective? Like when you were first hearing these Bible studies, were you like really open or were you, you know, what were you thinking? Well, I thought I just want to clarify some fact that I will, I hear from other about Christian. Mm. You know, there's a lot of mixed um, fact, and I don't know which one is true. So I just at first I just asked her some last question, and she teach me mm. the Bible study to clarify that. Dude, awesome! So you just kind of clarifying your questions, learning about it. Um, how long did it take for you to then, because I, I, now I, I actually ended up meeting you a little bit after that too, you know, attending care groups and that kind of thing. How long was that period before, you know, you start studying the Bible and then you start kind of coming to church, coming to care group? How did that happen? Well, I don't really remember the exact time. I think it's a few months or weeks, mm. something like that, because I mean, even though I was I'm not against learning it, but because I also have my study and mm. yeah, and I'm not really a social person, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really like meeting people. I mean, Jacinta is already an exception at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but you but you eventually you make yeah. you start coming along. Yeah, because at first it's got more like I feel bad because Jacinta, <laughs> I Jacinta keep. Inviting me to, oh, we have this care group and there's this church. And I well, keep refusing her to feel kind of bad. So, okay. Then I, okay, I will come along this time. <laughs> That's so good. You're just inviting her, inviting her, and she's not showing up. And then finally she shows up. Yep. <laughs> so well, good. I thought I just show up for the church because uh, care group is in Friday night. And, well, I just have my study finished in mm. at the, uh, you know, a day of Friday, so kind of tired. I don't want to come in Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so I only, at first, I only come in Saturday. Mm, okay, so you start coming to church on Saturday. You're doing Bible studies. Um, I, you know, eventually you start attending care group. Let, tell me about like how your mind started to change. At first, you were curious, but then obviously, as you're doing Bible studies, you start accepting things, right? You know, maybe you hear about Jesus, you hear about, um, you know, the Sabbath, like lifestyle, all these kinds of things. How how is that transition for you from like curious to oh man, like I want to know more about this and I want to accept it? Well, it's a kind of bad, but after curious, I feel uh I got after the curious is satisfied. I got okay, I kind of want to stop, but then well, I don't know how to say it because <laughs> I feel kind of bad. <laughs> no, it's fine. So. Well, so you go through a period of like, oh, curious, but then like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Is that kind of how you felt at the time? It's more like, oh, I still have a lot of study to do. Is I, I, I feel both. I feel that it's a way of time and it's both a way of time and not a waste of time. So I, ah. I was between... Should I stop it? <laughs> so you're thinking like, oh, you know, is this the best time management? I got to get here and do my degree. And, but oh, I don't know. But again, so you're in that place. But that, what, what was it for you that kind of changed your mind where you were like, oh, wow, no, actually, this is something important? Well, uh, well, I guess at that time, I, I just like, but I mean, 
but I agree. I just think that, but I agree to this and just stop mm. it abruptly. Is well, it didn't feel feel really good. And after, and I mean, after go to the church, um, well, everyone is really nice. Not mm. no, no one pushing me to communicate, and the atmosphere is really good. So I just, I think that oh, maybe for the sake I can just keep continue for a while. Mm. And after. You mean learning? I don't know when, but after learning more, I actually realized that the Bible teach me a lot of things mm. that I can, yeah, I can apply. Yeah. And even I don't know when it is, but I start to feeling, you know, more not not just that I have to study, but more like huh, I like this study. I want to continue. Yeah. Okay, so you start. Oh, that's really interesting there, and I think this is a, that's a great kind of case and example of like the power of community. You know, you're coming along to church, and there's all these nice people, and you're like, "Wow, this is great!" Like, and and, and then you kind of feeds back into the Bible studies, and you're continuing and going along and studying the Bible. Um, but then you eventually you make you make the decision to get baptized. Um, and to become a Christian, you know, was that a, a big decision for you? Like, did it take a lot to kind of finally make that decision? Yes, I, well, I don't know for other, but yeah, for me, it take a quite a time for me to go to the um, decision of baptize. Actually, I don't against it, but well, I have a lot of worry. I thought it's my family. Mm. I mean, I know that. They don't. They gone against this, but I'm not. Sh- I'm still not sure what their response is. And the baptism is well, when they say it's a commitment, like mm. things, you know. When they say about commitment, it's yeah, it means faithful and promise. And I'm not sure if I can do it. Yeah, well, and I, I'm not sure if I can do it. And how can I say it? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm kind of confident I can, you know, be faithful all the all the time, mm. and yeah, and I'm scared. What if I, you know, seen and something like that? So, yeah, and I feel that I don't study enough, don't know enough mm. to, you know, actually commit myself to Jesus. So mm. I hesitate. So you hesitate, but eventually, then you make the decision. Yes, and you decide like this is for me. Yeah. Yeah, wow, powerful. I, I would just love to ask, just like, what was the big thing there? Like, what was the, what was the one thing that got you over that hurdle? Like, you know, you had all these things you were worried about, you were concerned about, but what was the, the step where you were like, oh no, like, I need to do this? It's, well, it's actually, it's the talk with Hannah. Mm. So I tell her of all the worries and stuff and ask her that, like, if you're okay, I'm doing the baptize because well, I'm not really used to hmm, it depending. So I actually I rarely asking anyone else for advice, even my parents. Mm. So usually I just yeah, just do it on my own pulling it. Mm. But well, I think it's okay. Well, they know about more about this stuff than me. Mm. So I just add Anna and then Na and then Maureen and yeah, just in touch to. to you know, asking if is it okay for to get baptized and I mean, am I ready or not? And although, you know, worry to mm. make sure that I want to do it. Mm. And well, I did. Yeah. I, 
I did contribute and they say that well not even they you know they even they are seen even after the baptism ah, and okay. they can they can improve themselves themselves better and well and as they say that well you can still learning even after the baptism so mm. yeah I decided to come in That's powerful. You kind of realize like, oh man, baptism isn't the end, but the beginning yeah. of my Christian journey. And you make that decision, praise the Lord. And I, I, I was lucky enough to attend, got baptized. It was like the middle of winter. It was like freezing. Jacinta, you're in the pool with Jenny when she got baptized and Pastor Boris. Um, oh, man, what beautiful scenes. And I'm sure like Jacinta for yourself as someone who would you know, given her Bible studies all the way through, you would have been so proud and so happy. Yeah, definitely. Because you invest so much time and you're not investing that time to, you know, for the, or just for the result of baptism, but just for friendship. But then when mm. you form that friendship, it's really special to see yeah. them make that decision. And now, you know, this is, this baptism, what month was it last year? Uh, I think August. August yeah, last August. year. August last year, you get baptized, and and now you know you're you're a part of the local church here at well the Newcastle University Adventist Church. You're you know part of the 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 church atmosphere there, a part of the church. Like that's amazing, you know. And uh, how I just want to quickly ask you in wrapping up, you know, how has that decision really affected your life to follow Jesus? It's well, it affected me a lot in a very good way. Mm. I well, I'm also. I'm more social actually. <laughs> yes, I talk a lot, and I think I, I have been better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have been better. I well, I kind of come out of my comfort zone and actually interacting with other people, mm-hmm. like new people. I have helping out with the you know, uh, it's a small matter, but helping out in food drive and things mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, I think I'm more open and. The thing I learned from the Bible actually did really good things to me. Mm. So you've gone from kind of shy, not sociable, and just kind of finding your way to all of a sudden God has worked in your life, you've become a Christian, and now you're helping with mission, you know, you're a part of the church. That's amazing. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for talking to us this morning. That was Jenny and Jacinta uh, having an interview right now. We are going to go into a song and come back after this. You've been listening to Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.